Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 37. And today we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 88, Things Fall Apart. We've already listened to the episode, of course, so we are going to spoil the hell out of it. Fair warning. Uh, Um, There were a few firsts in this episode, I think. The first of all is that we started out with someone other than Cecil, because this was not an episode, or this was not one of his uh, radio shows. This was a recording of him trying to figure out what the hell is going on in Night Vale right now. And the first thing that we hear is the recorded voice of the Night Vale Public Utilities phone line, which, what was it, Water Failure was the episode where we first heard that phone line? Yep, love it, love it, absolutely. And we started with a a phone tree with Cecil desperately trying to get through to somebody in the uh, Night Vale Utilities because power's out. Uh, utilities are failing everywhere. Water is contaminated. It's it's a mess. Yeah, seriously, you know it's bad. You know, it's the water, the gas, the phone, and the surveillance camera systems are all offline at this point. It's a big deal in Night Vale. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Cecil manages to get through, and the phone tree's gotten a little bit snippy lately. Yeah. Cecil even commented on that. You know it's bad if Cecil comments on someone's attitude. Seriously, and at one point it's giving him options, and it's running through the usual thing it gets to option four and before it finishes saying what it's going to say Cecil obviously figures oh this is the one I want you hear the phone being the button being pressed in the voice line is like you selected option four I hadn't finished giving you an option for four you just assumed and it goes on this rant of how hard their life is they're they're getting a lot of calls at this point yep they are and uh, she even the uh, we find out uh, the person who records this is Maggie Pennebaker and she's not actually talking with Cecil, but she's got all the different possible options recorded. So when Cecil tries to select something or when he doesn't select the option to thank your utility worker for all the hard work they're doing, (laughs) she gets really passive aggressive about it, but she's not actually talking to Cecil. It's all pre-recorded. And nothing that Cecil gets out of this call is at all helpful. No, not even a little bit. He hears the automated voice come in when he asks to speak to a customer service representative and the usual, you know, all customer service representatives are busy. The wait is currently super long. He's like, great. (laughs) So after that, he calls Carlos to make sure that Carlos is okay. It's just the usual really sweet conversation between the two. So adorable. Oh my goodness. Because he explains to Carlos that, you know, Carlos wants him to come home because, if you know, apparently things are pretty bad out there and Carlos is worried about him. And Cecil's like, you know, even though I can't do my show, I got to find some way to figure out what's going on. And I expected, you know, in a lot of situations, it'd be understandable if the other person got a little upset about that. It's like, but I want you home. Carlos is just like, no, you're so good at your job. (laughs) Two of them are just so sweet. And then this was before he said that, but Carlos had said, if you come home, it'll be cool because we can just sort of hang out and have some food and we'll play cards in favor of humanity. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Next time I get together with my geeky girlfriends and we play cards against humanity, I will be bringing that up. Oh my God. (laughs) It was just, now I want to know, because if you've never played cards against humanity, okay, first of all, you really, really should. But second of all, it's like, it's it's a terribly wrong game. You know, it's just the worst possible combinations it gets more wrong as the night goes on, but cards in favor of humanity. Oh, I want to see what that looks like. That I do too. Adorable. Yes. Well, someone needs to get on that. I imagine there's probably someone on the Night Vale staff that's already working on that particular idea. Oh, that's that's just brilliant. So 
After that, Cecil calls Sheriff Sam. And so for the very first time, we get to hear the voice of Sheriff Sam. And you had actually found out some information about the voice actor who plays Sheriff Sam. Yes, the actor is Emma Franklin, and she is the head of a podcast called None of Us is Yet a Robot. And she is trans, and they talk about trans issues and everything. And she was really excited to be part of Night Vale, playing, as she said, the sinister Sheriff. Sheriff Sam. Sheriff Sam, let me say, sinister, uh, sinister intentions, but come across in personality as kind of bitchy. Oh, very much so. I mean, delivering threats and then saying the threats are just a joke and still very anti anybody from Desert Bluffs. I mean, it's just uh, not not a nice person. Um, yeah, and very... she's very much of the idea that the Desert Bluffs people are not citizens of the town, even though no. the town nightville has absorbed desert bluffs so yeah. they're all part of the same town not according to sheriff sam she really no. feels that it's better for those people from desert bluffs who have decided to go live elsewhere and her idea is mm-hmm. like you know any place where they want to set up a church to the smiling god that's somewhere other than here is fine with me yeah yeah and made a comment at one point about you know how they're doing terrible things to our town the way they ran their own town into the ground so she still blames them for that too yeah so and it's that's just, another yeah. one of those tricky situations because yeah, I don't know. I, I You don't really know how much the Desert Bluff citizens had to do with Strex Corps taking over their town. I mean, it yeah. sounds like Kevin, you know, from that previous episode we listened to, was fighting against them. But we don't know yeah. how the rest of the town was reacting. Did they welcome them in with open arms? Did they stage a revolution that... Failed. I mean, we don't know. But Sheriff Sam, no, not at all helpful. Although she did say that she needed to break in a set of calligraphy pens for the next uh, press conference (laughs) where she was going to go talk about how Sheriff Sam has saved the day and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds pretty much par for the course for the secret police and for the new direction of the secret police, which is to deliver all information in an artistic manner, which I'm not entirely opposed to that. Right. I like the way the uh, news is being delivered. I just don't much care for the news they're delivering. No, very much. And after that, Cecil called Michelle Nguyen. Which was the usual Michelle Nguyen conversation where she scolds everybody and... But she also delivered some interesting information that she is really, really good friends with Intern Marine, and that was who yeah. Cecil was trying to get up with. And I think she said that they were good friends because they were each other's only friend, which yeah, you know exactly. is kind of like halfway between aw and oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and Cecil, of course, asked about the boy in the hoodie, and he knows that that's Chad, who used to be an intern there, and. We heard something, another new piece of information. Chad is Maureen's boss, which I hadn't, I thought they were. And also, we'd been kind of speculating about this in an earlier episode. Maureen is currently leading an army, and it's the army of strangers in town. And they're really a lot scarier than we thought, because they apparently take over your soul. And it's a painful process, which is apparently why the strangers don't do anything other than stand and breathe, because they're in agony the entire time after they've taken over these people's bodies. So I guess every one of the strangers is someone that they've taken over? I think so, I guess. And uh, Michelle gave us all this information, and apparently 
that she was able to see this firsthand. And it was because intern Marine was able to show it to her and keep her safe because she's the one in charge. And Michelle thought it was it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But Yikes. then Michelle's taste in anything is a little questionable. I yeah. don't know. Though she did, I guess she was getting maybe a little nervous at all the questions that Cecil was asking her. So she said, you know, it's uh, uh, music sometimes calms me. Let me play you a song. And that was the weather, which I kind of think is the first time we've ever gone into the weather without even a mention of the word weather. It's, it doesn't happen very often if it's ever happened at all. Yeah, I couldn't remember another time where that had happened. So, And it yeah, started yeah. out... Uh, with organ music, and it was yeah. very much in the theme of a, I don't know, what would you say, Methodist sort of sounding song? A little bit, a little bit. It sounded a little country after a while when the male singer came in. It was called Palestine by Sam Baker, and it was it was interesting, you know, not bad. Got a little melodic in places. Very much a Bible verse, I guess. It, it finished up, and Cecil said, that was a really good song, Michelle. And Michelle <laughs> responds, are you still talking about that song I started playing five minutes ago? Glad you like the oldies. <laughs> <laughs> but she gave Cecil Maureen's phone number, and so Cecil called her. And I really liked Maureen's voicemail message. If you don't listen to any other part of this week's episode, you really need to listen to that, because it goes on yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, it does. Very much stream of consciousness just rolling from one thing right after the other, including she's speculating about all the reasons why she might not be answering her phone, including a raccoon eating it. <laughs> it was just this whole long description of what would happen to a raccoon that ate someone's phone. <laughs> Just the sound of poor raccoon walking sideways because, of course, a phone takes up a quarter of its length. And, you know, the whole time there's this deet-a-dee-dee, sound coming from it. <laughs> so Cecil finally gets to the end of the message and he's leaving his own message. And first, I guess he just tells her that she's doing a really good job. I was so surprised at how complimentary he was. He said he yeah. talked for a while about how hard it is for young people to get jobs nowadays, and it sounds like she's gotten a really important job. And he talked about how her job sounded so much more important than just filing papers and getting him coffee and having to update his erotic fanfiction blog. <laughs> Please tell me somebody out there has actually started a Cecil fanfiction erotic blog. Yeah, because some of it is, I remember, some of it is Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jaws erotic fanfiction, <laughs> which is awesome. But then he starts talking about how when he talked to Carlos earlier, he didn't end the call by saying, I love you. And he's a little worried about that because he knows that Carlos knows that Cecil loves him, and that's fine. But he's just, he's always... I guess he's concerned with everything that's going wrong. What if that's the last time? What if that one time that he doesn't hug him is the last time he ever sees him? What's the last time that he ever gets a chance to say, I love you? And he says, lots can go wrong in an indifferent universe. And I'm like, oh, kind of a t-shirt moment, bit of a downer t-shirt, but that was pretty pithy. Yeah, very deep, I think. Yeah, yeah. But he has to end the, the message with Maureen because he's got a call coming in. And he picks it up, hello? And you just hear breathing. You hear Cecil, hello, and more breathing. And then it sounded like a dog barking. And yeah. that was the end of the episode. <laughs> that's it. Just cut right the heck off. And oh, that's it's, it's funny. Things fall apart. The full phrase is things fall apart. The center will not hold. And I'm wondering if that's something like a precursor to what we're going to see. I, mean, I think so. I, I'm wondering... 
because I was looking forward to this week's episode because I wanted to find more about Hiram McDaniels and whether yeah. the uh, execution of Hiram McDaniels was going to go through. I don't think anything planned is going to go through for a while now while all of this no. is going on. No, no, no. With the power and the surveillance cameras all down, I'm sure things are a little bit suspended. But we heard not one single mention of Hiram McDaniels no. in this episode. No, no. But we did hear at the very ending, they did something cute. <laughs> they, they, There was like a good 15 seconds left of the episode when the disparition song ended and I was like what are they gonna <laughs> and we heard the voice of Maureen Johnson who is the voice of Maureen the intern came in at the very end of the episode you hear say okay Jeffrey I'm gonna do it this time I'm not gonna fuck it up I'm not gonna fuck it up I'm absolutely gonna fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> so apparently on Night Vale, they're doing the same thing we're doing, which is occasionally you get some outtakes at the end, which obviously we approve of that for a couple different reasons. Yes, of course. And that was it. That's the end of the episode. So we've got two more weeks to find out what happens and what was the dog barking. And, and I remember at one point, Michelle Nguyen did call it Maureen's evil dog, or was it Chad's evil dog? Chad, or uh- taking care of Chad's evil dog, I think. Yeah, okay, all right. So, we still don't know what, what exactly the, I mean, is the, the beagle some kind of embodiment of the force behind the strangers? Is Could the beagle be. a dog that was one of the first things that was taken over by one of the strangers? We don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. But Not much else is going on. Um, going to be a kind of short book review this week on uh, Pixelated Geek because I uh, read the uh, Civil War prequel graphic novel. And you know what? It's not very good. Oh, really? Now, is it Civil War prequel to the original Civil War from like five or six years ago? No, no. It's definitely Marvel cashing in on the movie. It is uh, uh, It is a couple of, it was obviously individual issues and it's a couple issues that were a recap of the latest Iron Man movie and then a couple of issues that were a recap of the latest Captain America movie and then a very brief preview lead up to the actual movie. And then the last thing is the first issue of that original Civil War comic book uh, series that it was all loosely based on, which you had talked about in one of our previous podcasts, I think, that it starts out with a bunch of like up and coming, you know, quote, quote, heroes who are doing a reality show about going after supervillains and they tackle somebody way too powerful for them and hundreds of people die. Yes, exactly. Which is not what happens in the movie at all. But actually, I think in what happens in the movie makes a heck of a lot more sense because the way they've planted it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, there have been a lots of lots of death and destruction because of the actions of superheroes and supervillains. And that would be something that would spur the government into doing something. Though, I have to admit, though, in the original graphic novel, a lot of the people who died in the... The precursor to Civil War is a school full of kids, so yeah. that that would actually they be they too. have tried to avoid that sort of thing in the movies, possibly yeah. because there's no way that a lot of people would be able to get past that. No, you wouldn't. You absolutely wouldn't. But so you guys are probably going to see it like next week. Well, we're hoping our uh, plans to go to Cincinnati uh, got scuttled because of uh, health issues with our hosts, but oh, we're going to try right. to go out and see it sometime this week. Okay. Here's hoping. Okay. Okay. And we still yeah, have to see Zootopia. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's just adorable. It's really <laughs> awful. Well, I, awfully I understand cute. you're working on some uh, classical art inspired fan art for us. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, which, yeah, I, I had to put everything, for me, I had to put things on hiatus because this week our orchestra has a concert on Friday 
and my parents are coming in Thursday night, and I also have a freelance project I got to finish up, and all of my doodles and little sketches I've been doing, they became the thing that I work on when I'm really supposed to be working on something else. So, you know, one week from now, I'll start them up again because everything will be all back to normal. Yes, much calmer. That's it for this week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the podcasts, all the book reviews, all the photo galleries, and everything else that's going on. And we will have a Alice Isn't Dead episode coming up in a few days. So we will see everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Yep, got it turned off. Uh, turn it back on. I think that might have fixed it. One minute. It's thinking. It's thinking. Yeah, way better. Okay, okay cool. Oh, yeah, it was starting to like sound like it was going to die in one second.